Tech community at the D&D table. I'm Soren. <laughs> and I'm Katie. Da, da, da. How you can see us. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in a closet. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> And this week in the Rose Garden, we're talking about uh, the importance of other players' voices at the table. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you might recall that last time was a uh, solo adventure focus. Um, and this week, we're talking about everybody else because it takes two to tango. Sure does. Um, so... We, again, as always, have like little structure to our conversation today, and we're going to both get very used to and comfortable with doing all of this in front of a camera. Yeah, it's not going to be weird at all. It's going to be like so smooth and seamless that Uh like no one's going to notice like uh anyone being awkward about anything because Mm. we're not right we are right 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 literally <laughs> professionals I'm so good Tank. Oh. <laughs> so uh we're gonna start off talking about uh the importance of other players voices kind of above table and then we'll get into some role-playing stuff later but Above table, as you might recall, uh, means like above the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not role playing. This is the the opposite. This is like the logistics side, right? Right. Of right. like how are we going to do what we're going to do right. while we play the game, right? Um, so <laughs> to start off with, like we've said before, it takes two to tango. It's not just a solo game. Although I suppose it could be if you really wanted to. Um, but usually it's not. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, other people's voices are important in general. Yeah. But specifically. <laughs> uh, mechanics, mechanical uh, conversations. Uh, not everybody is, like, well-versed in... Mm-hmm. The rules, the mainframe of D and D, if you will, uh-huh. or TTRPGs in general, right? Yeah. So, it is helpful to have a few players at the table who are familiar and do feel confident in those things to be able to kind of help guide other players along as we uh, go through the game. And I have a question for you. <laughs> okay. Because you said before that, like, the mechanical side of things, like combat rules, all of that kind of stuff, Mm. is, like, a stressy, messy point for you. Mm -hmm. How do you prefer to receive Mm. mechanical assistance? Okay, I was, like, I was wondering where this was headed, but Uh that is a great way to phrase it. Um, hmm, I think... What comes to mind initially is like a couple things, which is how I might have received any kind of mechanical assistance, like at the beginning when I felt really, really uh, nervous and really insecure about my ability Mm -hmm. and about learning about it. But now I think I think it would be helpful to see more people be honest about when they're like i don't know what that does Mm -hmm. or like that actually doesn't make sense like could you break Mm -hmm. that down for me Mm -hmm. um 
because it's not that like I can't ask myself because I I'll lead to that mm-hmm. but um having an example and like having a culture of or like an environment of like it's okay to ask questions like sure. it's okay to like be unsure like you forgot to read your you know um your specific details for such and such a thing that's mm-hmm. totally fine mm-hmm. I'm getting very distracted by my cat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, if there were just more of a culture around, like, go ahead, ask questions. Because I feel like when I started out, I started out with such a great group of people that were very open to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are moments in session where I, like with our campaigns, where mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to look really stupid like if I ask that question. It's like a consistent, like, need to get over it. Mm. So as far as, like, receiving assistance... If people could read my brain, but that's not a thing. <laughs> so more than that, being able to show me, like if I ask somebody for help, like TJ, like being mm-hmm. able to show me like where either in the player's handbook or like where I might find the answer that I'm looking for or like a resource that I can come back to. So rather than just giving me the answer, mm-hmm. like showing me like, hey, you can also like find that like mm-hmm. here-ish mm-hmm. when it comes to like rogues or when it comes to elves um which i think is much more of like an above table type of communication sure yeah let's say that i were in combat Mm -hmm. and we're going around the table and we'll pretend like it's your turn Mm -hmm. and i am across the room and i can see you like struggling with something and let's pretend like i have i know what you're trying to do sure is it uh detrimental for me to say oh soren i think you're looking for this Mm -hmm. and here's how it works does that feel like it's inhibiting your ability to find the answer yourself uh no i don't for me personally sure yeah right i don't think so um i think i've seen examples of people not appreciating that Mm -hmm. but for me I think it would be okay. I think like a step above that to like make that even better. I would maybe offer something like the phrase like, do you need an assist? Mm-hmm. Or like, would you like some help? Or like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. That's mm-hmm. a little softer around the edges. Still mm-hmm. gives me a little autonomy to like turn sure. it down. But sure. also it's like a, it's kind of like a teammate thing then instead of being like hey if this is what you're looking for like Mm -hmm, being like hey would you like an assist actually that might be how i would prefer to hear it yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) because tj's done uh he's had some similar phrases just different combinations of words that all kind of mean that same thing and Mm -hmm. that is way easier for me to be like yeah actually i'm trying to look for Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) the reason i ask all of these questions is because if you've not been in a D&D combat situation, I mean, in theory, it should be relatively quick. It should be a fast-paced yeah. environment. Yep. Um, and depending on how many people are at your table, it can be a while till it gets to you. So you have a little bit of, like, downtime. Right. <laughs> um And we've all been in those moments where it took a while to get to us, 
and we were not paying attention and then suddenly it's our turn and we don't have our turn figured out yeah um we don't we don't have a plan for what we're trying uh, to do and you're like hang on one second and you're like trying to you know like go through all of your spells or your action options and um sam doesn't do this as much but i know i've seen matt mercer do this before of saying things like come on like oh, what do you do? Come yeah. on. Like, like trying go. to like uh continue keep that fast paced mm-hmm. environment going because each round in a combat is six seconds. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually like in game, you wouldn't have the time to sit there and read through rules and right, trying right, to like right. so I mean every table is different and if you have newer people at your table it makes sense to give them the space to like figure out what's going on yeah um but with seasoned players it it almost could better serve the game and like better serve the flow of the game and combat because combat can already be like very grueling uh-huh. to have a little bit of like a fire under your ass. Right, right. <laughs> well, and also the, uh, the other reason I asked this is because I think this is the one part of the game that you can be right or wrong in that, like there is not a subjective reading of the rule. Like yeah. it's either the rule or it's not. Um, and so I think, in comparison to our conversations about like role play Mm -hmm. combat is the one place where like it's not just about um being vulnerable in front of your friends like role playing but it's like i'm showing my cards as to how well i understand the mechanics of the game yeah and that's where a lot of that like uh, insecurity I think can pop up absolutely and so I, I was when preparing for this I was like I know this is something that Soren doesn't feel like fully uh, secure in and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. being able to memorize rules and stuff like that so I'm wondering as somebody who is at her table how would she prefer to hear my voice in sure. that moment yeah um that made me think of um something else i could compare it to um something i feel much more like comfortable about mechanically mm-hmm. are the video games that i play daily mm. and i think that is because i'm in them constantly mm-hmm. and i can absolutely like lean into doing some like solo adventures and stuff mm-hmm. it's uh for D purposes to like get that same experience but it's like it's not the same as being able to play against a bunch of computer like monsters or like different enemies. And then uh, when I'm in those games daily, like the games I'm specifically talking about, you have to like build characters, make them like work for the role that they have. Mm. So it's very like it's RPG. It yeah, is an yeah, RPG. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if I could apply everything I know about Genshin Impact is the game that I'm referencing. <laughs> if I could apply everything I know about Genshin to D&D or like translate it, I think I would feel so much more comfy. Can I recommend Baldur's Gate to you? <laughs> uh, I am definitely <clears throat> not against Baldur's Gate. Um, I'm just a big baby when it comes to like violence and like blood. And oh. so some of like the gory stuff like freaks me out. And that is what like turns me off to some games. 
I have not played a lot of it, but I have not experienced a level of gore that would that I would have considered to be like, ooh, this is a ooh, lot. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, TJ plays it, and uh-huh. like, I mean, he super uh, enjoys it. So I would definitely be like interested in trying it. I will say, I was talking about this with Emily last week. Mm-hmm. She finished it. Whoa. And she, I asked her, I was like, do you think this has deepened your understanding of D combat and she goes a million percent cool so i mean if we're talking about being in something daily mm-hmm. and like that is i think the way that might you could access the combat side of D yeah. more regularly because they handle the role-playing side for you i mean kind and of, you still have the decisions own, but right like, but they handle the line delivery and right, the, right right and the emotion and <laughs> i think we've talked about this before but i in the short time that i did play it there for a second uh you are in control of an entire party. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's not just what does the rogue do on their turn? It's like, okay, well, I've got a rogue, a warlock, a wizard, and a cleric. Mm -hmm. How How do do I I use all of that to make sense? And like the fun part, I guess, is, is that there's no peer pressure. Nobody is sitting around the computer watching you make these decisions. Yeah, you can and kind of if, fuck up. It, right, like, like it's a video game. So if it doesn't time. work and you fail, you yeah. reload and try Let's again. Try again. So like that could be an interesting way to yeah. mess with that. Because, yeah, I think what, what it is about Genshin is the repetition mm-hmm. and is the like there are D&D has a similar um, I'll say like accessorizability whoa that's not a word ability to accessorize okay um ability to ex- <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> Ooh, with like other resources and tools and oh and uh-huh. like all that good stuff well genshin has a bunch of similar stuff where like there's an app that's made by the game developer that's dedicated to like guides for like how to build characters Mm. how to give them like the best weapon and how Mm. to like build it quickly or um in a certain way and so um i think also leaning into some of those things that like D beyond provides mm-hmm. like while playing Baldur's gate or whatever guides live out there yeah. i think that would also be really handy well and i'm sure this is true of genshin but like in the game there are like uh definitions like when you're clicking on something you can read more about yes. it like yep. all of that kind yep. of stuff like so. when you run into puzzles and stuff that you've never run into there's like a little question mark that pops up and it like gives you a quick like this is how this puzzle works have fun i even think like in the middle of combat like you could i don't remember what the mechanic is but like right click on a spell or something like that and it'll give you like the pop-up definition of like what that does that is something i like i know that i i talk a big game about loving like paper Mm -hmm. but um what i love about digital character sheets is Mm -hmm. being able to click on literally anything and it pulls up like a blurb for you that's, I mean, this isn't a combat focused uh, episode, but <laughs> that's, that is why I use my digital. Sure. I don't, I don't have all this shit memorized. <laughs> I, I don't have any of this memorized. See, what I struggle with though sometimes, and this, this could be the like ADHD talking, it could be something else, but mm-hmm. like when I'm in the middle of combat and I'm trying to make decisions quickly, even having the resource right in front of my eyeballs can be a struggle for me to comprehend quickly sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like my working memory, like 
will go offline like briefly, which is a, mm. is a thing for people who deal with like ADHD. And so then I have this little bit of like a, a mind fog or like a mind like blank where like I am like, I can't think of anything I'm supposed to think of right now. I can't access any of my thoughts. Mm. And then I, I can even like read the blurb and then I'm like, but what does that mean? <laughs> and then I get just kind of like stuck there. <laughs> so I definitely think that going the route of like testing out Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Um, after I somehow make it out of the character creation part of the um, <laughs> tutorial, mm-hmm. um, I think that would be a very good way to like ingrain a lot of the mechanics. Yeah. I mean, even if it's just like the beginning part, cause like I said, I only play, I've only played a little bit, um, mm-hmm. And the beginning part to me was not overly gory. So maybe there's stuff later that is gory that I just haven't run into yet. Um, but that beginning part, I mean, we had a few rounds of combat like mm-hmm. that you run into. So it might yeah. be worth just giving there's it a shot. Some stuff that like TJ like mentioned or like I saw some scenes that like spooked me, but he did emphasize the fact that like you can you can make choices that like avoid some of that and like you can like sidestep some of that but like it's not always avoidable but there's a lot a lot of like a bunch of different like uh plot like trails yes and you can combine and like mix and match and it can all just turn into a completely different story right right um okay that's enough about that that's uh shush (laughs) another thing i'm gonna let you talk about this a little bit because i think this was part of what you were talking about when we were prepping for it Mm -hmm. um boundaries and safety tools sure yeah and importance to other players voices yeah um so i think that we have in a few episodes we've talked about it in um very very small quantities but um, some of what I think is super important, important, is super important about uh, other players' voices is like collectively working with the team to understand like what is okay, like mm-hmm. for us to like territory for us to go into, mm-hmm. what is not okay territory for us to go into, mm-hmm. and then um, something that I have yet to implement. Um, or like ask about like ask Sam about or ask TJ about is like is there a phrase or is there like a something a trigger mm-hmm. that like lets everyone in the party know like this is maybe like not good for me or like this is a little too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that just I think that just varies. Like I'm not saying that Sam is never allowed to kill my character's best friend ever again um because shit happens mm-hmm. um but i think i could have used um re- specifically referencing like valen's death i think i sore in the player could have used a yes this thing happened but i need to like step out and i did like i mm-hmm. i eventually like i took myself out of the scenario but i looking back at it i wish i had a phrase to be like this was a little too much for me i'm gonna step out um 
but you all figured that out. <laughs> but it's it's those kinds of things where if you don't feel good in a situation, you're allowed to remove yourself. Um, something that I appreciate about Sam and about TJ is that they like they know us on like intimate levels. So like they they are literally very good friends and or like our spouses. So they mm-hmm. know us super well. They understand like what might be too much or like um, pushing the line. But um but for those scenarios where we're playing with people we're not familiar with, like as we, you know, grow the community and play with more and more people, mm-hmm. um, understanding like, what do I have in my back pocket just in case? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think something that's worth noting about our table is that we're all very close friends, mm-hmm. similarly to like a critical role um, in that. I don't know that I feel it necessary for us to have safety tools at our table from the perspective of how close we all are Mm -hmm. already. Yeah. Um, Like Sam has said before, because I asked him, I think once what he thought about things like lines and veils, which I'll talk about here in a second. But um, he was like, I don't feel like that's necessary because I know you guys well enough to know what is going to be chill to bring up and what's not going to be chill to bring up um we're not like a very uh we're not i mean we're not we're not a very romantic table um so like our players uh or our characters don't often try to start like romantic relationships with each other Mm -hmm. not that they're impossible sam did it in uh grant's game Um, he he does like little like Mm lead-ins like he he definitely like gives our players the opportunity because right. he definitely gave like my character the opportunity. Yep. And I think <clears throat> just with, um, even when he describes characters, it's like, Ooh, okay. Now I can like make a decision about right. if I want to go for that. Um, so it's not that that's off limits, but yeah. in that vein, he has more than once been like, I know that like, we're never going to do a sex scene. That's not something our table's ever going to be That's interested not in doing. They feel like doing. Um, and just like in general, he knows like what, um, what sort of like villains and plot points are going to be good hooks, and yeah. then what makes what's the like barrier to that? Where should that stop? Sure, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Lines and veils, though, are legitimate safety tools that are used more widely across uh, tabletop RPGs. Um, A line is, I'm getting this from dicebreaker.com also. Uh, Put simply, a line is something which will never come up as a part of a campaign or a session, while a veil ensures that whilst an action or event might take place, this will happen off screen Mm. mentioned in passing, but not dwelled on in any detail and not a significant part of any plot or encounter. Um, They were first developed by Ron Edwards in sex and sorcery, a supplement to his RPG sorcerer uh, in which he discusses a number of scenarios involving sex, how they might be handled in different ways and how they might affect the players around the table. Um, So, For instance, a line we might have at our table is uh, animal abuse. Yeah. That's something we never, ever want to see at our table. It's not interesting to us. That's Mm -mm. not something we want to touch or be around or anything like that. 
veil might be something like sexy times um yeah like or we might be like uh like maybe an animal does pass but like it doesn't happen like right, in right, session. right 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 okay fair uh more along the lines with what i had originally said That's okay, um, <laughs> like a, a veil is like or even like prim and valen's death yeah that was veiled yes nobody saw what happened yes it was not described in detail yep but it did occur yeah um and Which is probably good yeah like at least for for my character's concern like i will say but, i'm interested in i'm pissed about it <laughs> i'm interested in the death pieces because i mean had that been a combat scenario yeah. and tj had just rolled bad on his death saving throws you know that is just like i to me personally i think that is a fundamental piece of the game that there is that level of stake Mm -hmm. um so i'm curious would that have been different for you soren the player uh like to watch that happen Mm -hmm. um i think i think it would have I think it might have onset faster. Sure. Like, I, when I got the news, I was kind of able to, like, pseudo sit in it for a sec. Um, But if it onset happened, I definitely think it would have froze. I think it would have, like, the emotion would have onset faster. And Mm -hmm. then I probably would have either, like, gone straight to TJ or Mm -hmm. been, like, watching him to to kind of cue off of him Mm. because if he was physically there Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier for me to be like manage your own emotions until you know like how like tj feels because Mm. you're literally looking at him right now Mm -hmm. but when he wasn't in the room uh yeah like he was in the room but it wasn't during combat does that make sense? It wasn't happening, like, real time. Like, he had just had a sec right. to be like, yeah, okay. Right. Um. So, like, I didn't get to watch that real time. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it would have just, it would have gone faster. And I think I, I might have mitigated a little bit of the, like, emotional outpouring mm-hmm. a little bit more. But, yeah. There are RPGs that death is even more permanent. Like, there's no such thing as death saving throws. Once you're down to zero hit points, you're down. That's it. Um, And that's not to say, you know, just because I feel like I like that part of the game, the the fact that there are stakes, the fact that, like, uh, a character's story could close Mm -hmm. because of, you know, a bad role or something like that, um, doesn't mean that that has to be true for everybody. So, like, if you're at a table where death is, like, too much of a hardcore topic and you don't want to deal with that yeah um that could be a line yeah um i think you'll have to have a good you'll have to have a uh a table that feels similarly because like i think if we had started a session zero and i'm not saying you would have done this but like you (laughs) or somebody would have said i don't want there to be death like there might have been an that would have been hard for me to be like, yeah, cool. Yeah, sounds okay, good. Yeah, no one dies. Um, because yeah. like that just takes so much of the like, uh, we'll stake out of it. Yeah. Like you said, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, completely yeah. agree. I, as like 
as much as it hurts in the moments that it that it is awful mm-hmm. um it's still and like sam texted me this and i'm gonna like regret saying this but he texted <laughs> me and said something along the lines of i know it hurts right now but like think of like the beautiful story that mm. we'll have like yeah, when yeah, it's yeah, all yeah, said yeah. and done and he's right like it it does suck but it's also it's also very real yes it's also very like plausible right so. i mean that's like the parts of actual play that i enjoy the most also is like that moment and watching everybody freak out mm-hmm. and then the like aftermath of Mm -hmm. that and being like holy cow like the c3 with ladna and orem and fern having to pick which one she was going to revive and like all that kind of stuff and then the like drive after that Mm -hmm. for imogen to figure out how to help ladna yeah so like but like that story wouldn't have been that cool without that Mm-hmm. and did it suck for laura and marisha yes most likely yeah and it made like this really cool story so anyway <laughs> uh those are lines and veils um and they happen at tables and some some tables will have even like legit physical cards um that like a player could hit like an x or something put their hand on an x to indicate to the dm like ooh, i mm. am no longer chill with this mm-hmm. and like i said i think that's far more important when you're at a table of people that you don't know as well yes yeah um, absolutely i don't think i've ever run into a situation in my time playing D for the last four or five years with this group of people where i've ever felt like oh i need to tell sam that i hate this <laughs> like i've never i've never experienced that even yeah. like if you separate uncomfy feeling and alarms are going off i yeah. don't like this yeah um i've had uncomfy feelings yeah i have never felt an alarm go off like i i no yes. longer feel safe she's um, never felt like going wee woo <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um so because we can be uncomfy and right. like play the game, right? But if we, if yes, alarms going off, I love whatever <laughs> this is. Um, we can be uncomfy, but if alarms are going off, then like someone's or multiple, someone or someone's mm-hmm. multiple um, safety, whether it be mental, whatever, is yeah. at stake, and that's not right. That's not cool. Uh, and then lastly, above table are. Mm. reparative conversations restorative conversations yeah um i've had direct experience with this uh i think only the one time okay i think i've only only the one time i think i've also only had like one ish um like i would call it maybe two but it was because two separate people Mm. like talked to me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um there was the one uh encounter where prim got into an argument with orin uh-huh, that's uh-huh. so hard because oh, uh, you just said orim from critical role anyway, yeah. <laughs> orin um had an argument that was surrounding like a morality of decision making and yeah, stuff like yeah. that um and if you recall <laughs> prim was 300 and who knows how many years old 
and <laughs> is a cleric, right, of the Wild Mother. And just to set this up, like, Oren was significantly younger and is not beholden to any deity. Yeah. Nope. And we were basically figuring out, like, if we need to entertain the morality of the deities in mm-hmm. that, like, like, um, is it worth saving Melora, the wild mother, because maybe she's actually not as altruistic as she right. claims kind right. of a thing. And Prim not having any of that was not about to have that. <laughs> um, and, and in her mindset, like to go a little bit under the hood, like in her mindset, it was not even, Pop that <laughs> it was not even that she didn't think that Melora had a, an ability to not be altruistic. I think she knows mm-hmm. that like, mm-hmm. she's not stupid. Like, no, the gods have done some, bad things yeah and and the deity that she had chosen to follow that bestowed upon her the powers that she has Mm -hmm. and that she has fought for and maintained a temple for Mm -hmm. the dumb thing she's done does not outweigh the good she's given yeah and uh, we got into an argument about that character and, on character, right? Argument. Um, and I like I don't think Grant or Oren was completely opposed to what Prim was saying. His mm-hmm. whole thing was like, let's not make a decision before we know all of the angles. Yes. And Prim was like, I've already made a decision. There's no talking about it. Yes. Um, yeah. And. Uh, afterwards and like i remember talking about it on the podcast like i very much felt that like real anger which i have now learned is bleed called it's called bleed like when referencing like like D &D and stuff i like ttrpgs like and i've i've i read it i very briefly read it (laughs) i very briefly read it on uh twitter x or whatever it's called now um and (laughs) i i think the what i was seeing was it being referred to as as a negative thing you don't want bleed because that can be unhealthy yeah um and I, i i would imagine much like anything it is unhealthy in certain ratios um i i don't think in my experience in having played this now for four or five years I don't think, for me, it is possible to completely not have bleed. Yeah, did the tweet, like, talk about how to I avoid it? I didn't read it or, in like... depth. I, I, it was something, they had referenced another article, and the tweet had said something about, like, um, no, don't promote bleed. Like, it's unhealthy. Like, sure. bleed is not something you necessarily want. Do you have your phone? Is it on your left? Haha. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. Did you favorite it or bookmark no. it? Right. <laughs> no. Well, we can look it up later. Um, but, but okay. So the person is like responding to something and saying like, don't promote bleed. Not a good thing for your table. Which I also think, like I said, and not having, you know, fully read it in depth. Like, I don't yeah. know that it is 
bad it innately like sure. i think it might be bad to certain if it's excessive right like it you might be detrimental you shouldn't if if prim, if i was feeling prim's anger mm-hmm. and i just like kind of let that sit in me and yeah. like feed off of it yeah. that seems unhealthy yes but in role playing i mean i heard laura bailey talk about this in like voice acting similarity like sure. it, just like acting in general of yeah. just like if you're doing a scene in which the character feels sad you are going to feel sadness in your own body and that is a very like push pull uh-huh. like dichotomy for someone to be in right and that's like part of what we've talked about i'm gonna guess our entire episode <laughs> talking about in and out of character like right 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 information and or like acting and role playing right is a maybe a very um blissfully ignorant like understanding of bleed right right, right, right. <laughs> so i mean in that moment i did feel anger yeah i felt anger in my own body yep and that anger sounded like uh who does this guy think he is yeah and i have lived so long and fought in the biggest war in our uh, world mm-hmm. and how am i not earning more respect than yeah. i'm currently being shown <laughs> yeah and uh i'm pretty sure we ended the session relatively soon after like that within, yeah a few and after like that. i did i was kind of i remember being a little quiet after that yeah and yeah. like did some like internal processing of mm-hmm. whatever the hell was going on inside my body at that moment that, that emotion has got to get out Right. Somehow. Right. Like, how does that vacate right. your body? <laughs> right. And actually, um, I want you to continue, but mm-hmm. that made me just think of, like, how we come out of a session, period, mm-hmm. and how, like, that could potentially assist. Right, but right, go right. go on, go on. Um, but it wasn't until, I think, after everyone had gone home, mm-hmm. I believe, Grant had texted and sure. was just like, are we still good? <laughs> Is everything okay? Because you both felt it. Um, and... So that's kind of what I mean by those like restorative, like repairing conversations. Um, it is important in D and D because there is going to be some bleed. I actually feel like that yep. is a thing that is necessary and will occur. Yes. Um, to be able to have those reparative restorative conversations. And even if they're not wholly, um, pointed like even Mm -hmm. if you're not going to text your friend and be like are we still good Mm -hmm. um we almost always have about an hour to an hour and a half of like hanging out and playing jackbox Mm -hmm. after D &D. and it is a little bit of aftercare it's all good right yeah yeah it gives our brains a break and it also like resets the energy in the room exactly and like it's most helpful after those kinds of scenarios exactly yeah Mm -hmm. um i had a thought with that and then i lost it um would you mind on your ipad just like Mm -hmm. looking up like what ever specific definition we could find of like D D, like referring to bleed um so this what is bleed is from medium.com, which I have no, I've not done no any research about that. No reputable they are, but we're going to take a gander. What is bleed? Um, huh. uh, this just <laughs> says, preface this by saying that this guide was written for our little Discord RPG server, Seattle by Night. Another mod commented it would be a nice thing to share. Hmm. 
Um, so here we go. If you're new to role playing, the term bleed might be confusing or strange, but what it means is pretty straightforward and something we have to be very aware of while role playing the boundaries between self and character. Mm. Briefly, bleed is what happens when you, the player, feel so connected so emotionally invested in your character that the events and the emotions they go through start to bleed deeply into your psyche and your personal life. In extreme cases, bleed might even damage your mental health. Oh no! The main point of role-playing games is that we address it as just that, a role. That means we take on the guise of the character and interpret their actions, their emotions, and their thoughts, uh, and their thoughts. It's a fugue state. Uh, but n if not properly identified and managed as such, it can become a tox toxic outlet for personal problems. Vampire the Masquerade deals with monsters, cruel creatures of violence and dominance, injustice, murder, and other such things can and will happen in our game. Mm. And we feel it's essential to speak on this subject here. We could exemplify it with the blood, the blood bonds, a cruel mechanic in which another can be enslaved and robbed of their own will. It's psychological horror. It's personal horror because things like manipulation and abuse are inherent to vampiric society in the game. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just going to, yeah, this is getting kind of specific. Yeah, it's okay. Um, bleed tends to happen a lot less if you are on a healthy mental space. So it can be, it can and will be aggravated by depression, anxiety, or any other illness as well as extreme burnout. Sure. Oh, wait. Okay. That, um... Okay, I think my entire processing of, like, the Valen thing, mm -hmm. that was all bleed. Yo, I, yeah, I think that's probably true. <laughs> it was all bleed, and I, I don't think I, I, I think we will always feel like we could have done better. Well, sure. But, like, I would like to try to mitigate that. There's almost, like, a, a disconnect that is, like necessary mm -hmm. gotta um, kind of dissociate and that uh-huh which i'll have to i'll have to let that thought cook a little longer <laughs> not sure how i feel let her cook um but oh detach that's the word i wanted mm. um because disassociating like for me personally for anyone else who like deals with that actual thing um is like completely like voiding like out and like detaching is like I'm still present, I'm still mm. driving, sure, but like I am watching from this scenario. Mm -hmm. um, they said something. You said something else in there that was really helpful. Oh man, <laughs> did you have any thoughts? You you go on. <laughs> well, I saw one more paragraph sure. that just says when one speaks of bleed, one must also speak of catharsis. Mm -hmm. Catharsis is the process of empathizing and making an emotional journey along with a character. Catharsis happens many times in our daily lives as we consume different media, such as news, movies, and books. Yeah. We all have the ability to connect to and relate to a character deeply enough that it affects us. Yeah. This is not a problem, but when the separation between your character and your personal life fails to happen, it can affect interpersonal relationships, and a role-playing game is, in essence, a community game. Mm -hmm. We play it with friends, or we make friends through it. It unites people and brings us, to brings us joy as we are able to experience things we would not normally experience in our daily lives. Yeah. When it's balanced, we share those tense moments and happy ones. When it's not, it can devolve into toxic behavior. Mm -hmm. We must also remember that bleed is not one way. 
it is it is a lot more frequent to have in character effect on effect out of character but sometimes out of character affects in character absolutely you could be having a bad week and that affects how your character is written yeah how you portray it and it affects in uh, role playing yeah i think that made me think of the they said something about how also um so depression anxiety uh burnout can absolutely help um make that worse Mm -hmm. and i think those are roots of those the roots of those problems mm-hmm. are what i think can create those um party and like team voices that are not helpful or are um oh i can't think of the best word but when those things are driving the ship mm-hmm. or like driving the character mm-hmm. there's bound to be maybe more bleed like it just said um but that is when we can fall into more of those like unsafe scenarios oh yeah yeah yeah. dealing with like lines and veils because the it's the mental health thing that is trying to steer the ship at the moment rather than the person yeah yeah so just recapping (laughs) catharsis is a process of immersion with a character or event where you imagine and feel your character experiences while you play them this process has a natural beginning where you enter into your character's perspective and experience an ending where you step back and resolve the feelings from that experience with appropriate closure Mm -hmm. you identify with and share experience share the experience as your character but the boundaries are always there and the separation maintained with the beginning and ending of the experience sure Bleed is when immersion affects your psyche too much and boundaries are lost. You take the fictional experiences of your character as those of your player self, Mm. and you may confuse others in the same way as being slash feeling as their characters do. There is no release, no separation, no closure, as there is with a cathartic response. As a result, you can become trapped in an emotional cycle because the essential separation between your character and the player self is not maintained. Mm. This can result in perpetual blurring of identities, feelings, and experiences that potentially risks losing your self-player identity to that of your character. And then burnout is emotional exhaustion, caused by either catharsis, immersion, or bleed, mm-hmm. uh, or some other aspect of your out-of-character life, yep. job stress, illness, an argument with a friend, etc. <laughs> um, and this one gives, like, steps to avoid bleed. Cool. Um, one of the primary mechanisms to avoid bleed, the first one we feel we should be addressed is the simplest one, communication. As a community game, it is important we are open with the way with the ones we play speaking of consent in the game is one of the first steps and specifically to this game that they're talking about. Um, one must remember to set boundaries about what would affect them, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested. We can like look over this some more, in yeah, depth, yeah. but I am interested to know if there's a spot in there that talks about like unexpected, like unexpected things like that, because even if, even though Sam does know and like TJ does know, like mm-hmm. what's gonna fly, what's not gonna fly, like I personally still like I let the experience get the the best of me, and I let myself like blur completely, mm-hmm. and then I don't think it was a matter of me telling Sam or me telling like friends at the table like, hey, this is not okay for me. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of like. I didn't know how to like mitigate myself yeah. in that moment. If this, that makes sense. This also, okay, so the next piece 
communicate blah 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 uh (laughs) second step self-awareness take a moment to think of your emotions now who you are how you feel where you are it might seem like a simple even ridiculous thing to do but being aware of your present moment can help strengthen boundaries between self and character this can happen before or after play or both Mm -hmm. taking a moment to decompress and analyze what has happened in character and out of character tactile sensations help take a shower walk barefoot basically ground ground yourself yeah um talking about your character as a character yeah the character is there the metaphysical there and you are here Mm-hmm. You are not the character. You don't talk like the character. Yeah. You might have similarities, but you probably have them with your neighbors, coworkers, and friends. Ooh. You are still you. There was a th- this is this made me think of um, an interesting story I had heard about. I don't know if it was like somebody reading like off Reddit posts, mm-hmm. like within mm-hmm. like r slash d and d or whatever. But they were talking about how they were at a like a tough table for them. Mm. And they like weren't super familiar with all the people, but they were like excited about it. Honestly, I am gonna try to go look up where I found this story because I want to make sure I clarify if I need to later. Mm. But what I remember of the story was one of the characters at the table, um, was technically playing a character who was like Jester. And mm-hmm. they, like, uh, sorry, for everyone listening, Jester Lavore from Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but there was a person who was playing a tiefling who was essentially like Jester, mm-hmm. but the person who was playing her, or like this person inspired by her, was also like kind of personally acting like that. Uh Like Jester might. Hmm. And also like more so once they Uh started playing the character and then started taking like this Jester inspired character like to the nth degree, like a little too far. Hmm. And that's I'm thinking of this right now where it's like there is a level of too far. You are not this person. Right. And it makes me think of like an even larger conversation that we could have about um about like parasocial relationships and like the media we consume and like the stock or um, uh, ownership we feel like we have over certain pieces of media. Hmm. I remember growing up and like being pissed when other people liked Harry Potter because I was like, Whoa. I, that, that one's mine. No, no. That is mine. But I think that that's, and like, I don't feel that way anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me throw that out there right now. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Um, But I remember as a kid, like, feeling so frustrated and so, like, angry. And I think that that is a connection to some of this type of topic, which is, like, I've entwined so much of myself and entangled. I got into an entanglement um, (laughs) so much so with that media that I was like, no, this is me. Mm -hmm, Like, this is part mm -hmm. of my identity. Mm -hmm. And if you thwart it, like, how dare you? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's that's crazy. It says dealing with bleed when it has happened already. Ah, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> do tell. When bleed has happened, it may come in ve- in many forms: hurt feelings towards your peers, deep sadness because of what have ha- has happened to your character that yeah, interferes yeah, yeah. in your life, or even a crush towards people who do not want to have those feelings <laughs> directed at them. Say that again. Uh, even a crush towards people who do not want to have those feelings directed at them. Uh, everyone has some <laughs> horror stories about what happens when the bleed interferes too much with the player's life, but it isn't the end of the world, but it should be addressed. Remember, bleed is not an unknown phenomenon. Many people 
may some people may experience it more Mm -hmm. than others while some may never experience it at all Mm. all of this is perfectly fine and valid as long as you're careful not to let it hurt you and others when you find yourself experiencing bleed try these steps take a break (laughs) step back from the game and take stock of what happened and your feelings about these events it might be necessary for you to stop role playing for a few weeks while Mm -hmm. you get your emotions in order this is fine Communicating out of character, socializing with the players you experience bleed with. Mm-hmm. Reach out to your community and your role play partners. Explain the situation. Mm-hmm. Talking about it is essential so you can recognize the other person behind the characters and know that they are not their character. Yeah. Speak about what has happened in character that made you feel bleed. Seek different perspectives, whether from your RP partners or a neutral uh, observer. Usually you will find that while this particular uh, game Mm -hmm. is full of monsters. The players out of character are not. Oh, Mm -hmm. Um, debriefing, go over the whole process. If you still need to take a step back, do so take stock of what you have learned, your limitations and your triggers, Mm -hmm. avoid them if possible. If not being aware of what caused the symptoms always help. Um, Lastly, we must address one crucial thing, mental health bleed tends to happen a lot less if you are on a healthy mental space so it can and will be aggravated by depression anxiety or any other illness as well as extreme burnout Mm -hmm. we are all susceptible to those we are human if you find that you have one of those and it is clashing with your role playing we do encourage to looking out for therapy out of game blah 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 okay Mm -hmm. so which we always recommend period mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) so i'm thinking back to that one game and you feeling how you felt. Yeah. I mean, you took a step back. That's what happened initially anyway. Yeah. And then, I mean, we took, because we can never schedule more than a month <laughs> at a time, we took time off We took anyway, a break. <laughs> and we debriefed. Yeah. Um, and in that debrief, I don't know, maybe this didn't help you, but in, in this debrief, I remember being able to say, like, from my perspective as a character that was predominantly affected by this happening mm-hmm. here's how i feel about it mm-hmm. and it is not wholly negative yeah um so i mean we did it you don't have to stop five yourself oh, oh. <laughs> anyway uh great let's roll with it we're gonna roll with- anyway bleed She's like, thing. I'm done talking about that's it. Talking about bleed. Um, please let us know, like, either in like the comments or on social on social media. Actually, oh, yeah, in the comments because this is gonna go on a video platform. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, let us know your thoughts or like throw in some conversation about it because I um, ever so slightly could keep talking about it, but I won't. My thought mm-hmm. that I want to leave to transition and to roll with it oh, sure. is. Um, fell out of my head as i was making that sentence um what was my question it was what happens or what can happen what do we do about when there are people who are being heavily affected by like things like bleed and like making decisions in that space in that headspace um what happens when that goes on for too long and like it's affecting the table and like mm. how that can change a table dynamic and how that can turn the table into either bad or potentially good. I'm okay with hearing like thoughts and opinions, but please, please like drop some, drop some comments in the bottom. I know that it'll essentially go back to like communication and like right, working with right. your table, but 
it's just a thought noodle that sounded yeah, yeah, yeah. like fun to think about a little bit more. But for a roll with it today, we're doing an icebreaker. An icebreaker. I need to like. It's a six. She rolled it, everybody. Um, I need to remember that I want to get a dice cam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do our roll with it eventually. We're what? doing an icebreaker roll with it. What you got? What skill do you think everyone should have? <laughs> what skill do you think everyone should have? I think. Oh. <laughs> no, that's an experience, Soren. <laughs> de-escalation de-escalation say more um my what came to my mind was ooh, i want everyone to have the experience of working in a service industry or adjacent job mm. and deal with having to de-escalate angry mean rude people mm -hmm. because it gives you a very wide perspective on the gambit of humans that exist in this world. Mm -hmm. And also it helps me personally reframe, like I am going to be so much kinder to like service workers because they have to deal with so much. And so my thought is mm -hmm. if everyone had the scale of being able to deescalate, mm -hmm. um, even themselves, mm -hmm. I think that I wouldn't wish everybody had to work in the service industry to understand what I just explained. Sure. Um, <laughs> I think everyone should have the skill of that I'm about to say. Well, I'm just deciding how to word it. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> communication's too broad, you know? Because, mm -hmm. um, like, it's not just being able, I mean, but it is. Okay, I think everyone should be able to communicate. I think everyone needs to be able to communicate about how they're feeling why they're feeling and how to talk to each other about that. Mm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Which I think like goes very well with this conversation. Yeah. And mm -hmm. like self-awareness a mm -hmm. little bit of just like, I can tell I'm feeling this. Yeah. Um, and this is where it's coming from. And this is what yeah. I want you to take away from the fact that I'm feeling this, which I say that, saying that I'm not, you know, perfect at that. Sure. I have issues with being able to uh, Put it fully communicate what it is I'm feeling sure. and what I want to happen about it. Yeah. Um, but I think if more of us had that ability to say, That'd be helpful. I'm feeling scared about this change. Mm -hmm. uh, it would help them not be like mean yeah no I, I agree i 100 percent agree so, with that there's um, that. i honestly think i'm not gonna turn this into even more of the pot and yes well anyway mm -hmm. i'm yeah, gonna here say she something because you gave me a thought nugget yeah here she goes um is yeah that's that's the root of it is people not understanding how to express what they're thinking feeling mm -hmm. um and the barricade is not necessarily like eloquence, but it's like the barricade is a very lacking tool belt. Sure. Um, and I know that in my marriage, mm -hmm. uh, TJ has said multiple on multiple occasions to me that I 
am too <laughs> not in a bad way mm-hmm. but like I know myself to an extent mm-hmm. and know how to explain like some of my feelings far more than he does so mm. he's like so I need you to be a little more like patient with mm-hmm. how I do it because you can express that so much more quickly mm. than I can it takes me longer to process mm-hmm. so yeah I think that's mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I agree with yours okay good great that's what i wanted um this one's gonna be shorter because i think we've talked about it more than once uh it's just like the role-playing side of of other players voices um can you read what i said Uh, oh yes i can um my favorite was a few weeks ago we were like setting up to record this Uh and uh we didn't because we were getting to burnout and um we decided to give ourselves a little break but in that we had already like written notes discussed the episode Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and then dropped it like a hot potato and some of our (laughs) uh, some of our (laughs) um stuff we were talking about was like um problem solving um in role playing and like being able to listen to other players at the table and like what they're saying and then katie said um collaborate with me damn it (laughs) so (laughs) and so i wrote it down (laughs) i just wanted you to say it because i wanted somebody to know that somebody else witnessed me saying that um (laughs) i here's the thing role-playing games ttrpgs are inherently collaborative Mm. and We've talked about role playing before and said things like, don't, nobody wants to force anyone to do something they're uncomfortable doing. And also, it's not fun to be the only, like, the The only only one who's interested, the only voice at the table. Right. So, (laughs) like, if this is me, your friendly neighborhood, Katie, Katie. I want to empower. I want to empower you. Listen. Listen. <laughs> I want to empower you to be brave and role play. Because chances are there are people at your table who are doing it and they just want you to buy the farm with them. Yeah. They you want know? you to 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 co-op that Stardew Valley farm. Right. Like we're all gonna quit our jobs and be carrot farmers. Mm-hmm. We we said that already, and now we're we're doing the things needed to do that. Mm-hmm. But it takes everyone. Everyone said we we're gonna quit our jobs and be carrot farmers, mm-hmm. and now only three people are actually farming the carrots, and we need everyone to farm the carrots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, everyone's gotta farm the carrots. So, like, the importance of other people's voices in this segment to me, without being redundant about other (laughs) things we've said in other episodes, is just, like, if you feel like other people, eh, they got it, they'll take this scene, I encourage you to challenge that and be in the scene with them. I just, uh, because I think... It's easy. I've been in moments, even in just like regular old life where it's like, eh, they'll take care of it. <laughs> and yeah. like, I am missing out on the opportunity to be a part of that or yeah. be to... present in a way. Right. So don't let yourself show up to D&D and take the backseat yeah. because it's comfy. Yeah. 
the back seat is comfy. It's spacious. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of room back there. But every once in a while, we got to take shifts. I'm using a lot of metaphors today. And I was going to say, this is a lot of metaphors. We got to take shifts driving to our shift at the carrot farm. Right. Like, we can't, <laughs> you can't expect me to drive the whole time. I'll get tired. Or every single time. And we'll time. crash. Yeah, because I'm going to be asleep at the wheel. So, be brave, take chances, role play, even when you think your voice isn't necessary because it is a million percent necessary Mm -hmm. and it's as somebody who does a lot of role playing at our table and i think i think we talked about this and you agree with me just like the as somebody who does a lot of role play moments Mm -hmm. i get so excited when another player jumps in and does the assist, you know, and like helps make the scene more interesting by adding a voice that isn't mine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So be brave, take chances, get messy. Uh, That's like a cute girl. girl, Pollinate, germinate. Inseminate. Anyway. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Do you have other thoughts about that? Uh, let me see what I buy in is it no I you basically echoed everything that I also wrote so like um I don't know what I meant when I wrote the note role-playing problem solving but I did Mm. I did write the note to myself as well um yes and which Mm -hmm. is like a note straight out of like improv acting um if you've ever seen someone like do improv or if you yourself have participated in it um you will find that one of the key features of improv is to take what someone else gave you and run with it right so it's called yes and so the idea is to not say no which does not mean that you can't say no in a roundabout way so like you're gonna have to do a little bit of mathing um but just because you're saying yes and to like carrying the scene on i think when it comes to D D, you're not looking at the character next to you saying the word yes and then carrying on katie uh i'm gonna start a scene and you're gonna show me how to disagree but oh, no. still yes and okay no 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 soren i think we should buy a carrot farm yeah, I think that would be a great idea mm-hmm. if we had the funding. So she's saying in so in this scene, <laughs> uh, she said in a way, no, because we don't have the funding. No, do not. <laughs> um, but she's saying that does sound like a good idea if we had the funding, which gives me the next line to say, like, here's how we can get the funding. Like I could, mm-hmm. I could keep that scene going. Or she, yeah, you could say something like, Ooh, you're right. We don't have the funding. Well, I guess that we're just going to have to live for the rest of our lives in this stupid New York city apartment and be super sad all the time. Like she could right. trail off right. about why she wants to persuade me. Right. So like she never said, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> But she did say, mm, mm, but, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yes, ending <laughs> is important. And that's how you can, in those moments when you're like, oh, 
Katie and Chromatic Rose is said to be brave and leap into this scene. So I want you to hear what they say and say, like, how can I yes and that? Yeah. And then, like, come up, think real hard and come up with a sentence and then just let it come out your mouth. And then that that person, their job is to yes and back to you. Mm -hmm. And that's how you make a scene. And then a scene is born. And that doesn't mean that you will never say the word no. Right. But in the context of D&D, that is catching the volleyball and then serving it back. Right. And, like, continuing the volley. I don't remember the full context of the argument with Oren, but um, Oren said something like, I think we should hear this guy out. The gods aren't the greatest. And Prim didn't say, true. And she said, you're wrong. This is what I think. Mm-hmm. And then that, like, giving the you're wrong, this is what I think. That is the gave yes and. Grant the epi- the ability to then say, like, I hear what you think and uh-huh. I want to hear more of this. It's kind of like a pass, like, pass, go, right. continue. Right. Where he could have, I could have said, he said, I want to hear what this guy says. I could have said, I don't. Yeah. And then that would have been end of scene because mm-hmm. there's nothing else to do with that. That's it for us this week. <laughs> Thanks for spending time with us today. Uh, we am so we are so grateful. We am so grateful. We am so grateful uh, to be able to now try video, and we hope you yeah. like it. Um, we're gonna try to do this all the time now. <laughs> all um, the time now, and you'll be able to listen to us in two different places. Uh, you could like sit and watch us on your TV. Uh-huh. Or listen to us while you do chores on your TV. Or you could have us in your ears. Or for just the Spotify. You can have us on your phone. Like on a video. You can have us anywhere all the time now. You can have a laptop. With you can us watch on us it. or you cannot. Yeah. Your choice. Anyway, <laughs> thanks to Noah Trumbull for the use of our theme song. Uh, there's a link to his Instagram in the episode description. Uh, be sure to give him a follow and stay up to date on his band and his music. We have one script now. Here it is. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to try to wing this without oh, okay. fully doing it, but we also want to hear from you. So yeah. like if something came up in today's conversation, like especially when we were talking about bleed and aftercare and all of that good stuff, mm-hmm. we would love to hear from you on the comments. Um, we will... We are trying to boost our ability to engage more Mm -hmm. with our community, and um, we're just so grateful that you guys are here. So please go ahead, um, let us know if you had a thought that came up, you want to continue the conversation, Mm -hmm. please do so. Please. Um, And also, if you have ideas for other topics um, or something you just really want to hear us talk about, um, we would be happy to take some of those suggestions. Um, And you can send some of those either in comments or you can email us. And that would be to, I'm trying this off the top of my head, uh, chromaroses at gmail.com. That's C-H-R-O-M-A-R-O. (laughs) S-C-S at gmail.com. I know how to spell. Um, And that's all lowercase, but we can't wait to hear from you. And we appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for being here. You're awesome. Oh, anyway, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. So find us there. That, you got Um, it. She picked it up. Yeah, it's cool. (laughs) Um, Leave us a review also. Yes, please. That's Um, how people find us. On Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Pods. Um... And I guess now on YouTube. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, whoa, here we are. Guess what we get to say now. Please like this video. Like and subscribe. 
Hit that it, bell. Oh man. <laughs> but please like it because it'll tell you know who that um you liked watching this the and listening to YouTube it. YouTube gods. Yeah, and then you'll see us more frequently, hopefully. And Probably. also subscribe because I think we eventually would like to put out more than just our podcast episodes here. Mm. But um if you do subscribe, then you'll we'll be know. able to see us sooner and yeah. we'll appreciate the support. We've gone all around this uh, script at this point, which Sweet. is totally fine. What do we got left? Just do that last oh, man. little bit. You know what? This has been Chromatic Roses. <laughs> I'm Soren. And I'm Katie. I didn't say, I didn't notate which tagline we're doing. What do you think it is? Be nice or else. Be nice or else. Okay, bye.